security has always been about exclusion, which is the need to know, security clearance, but and now DevOps and development is more about the inclusion. You have to align the activity in the security space with sort of the needs of the business and how it operates. People are talking about the shortage of security people, but actually what is lacking is security people willing to be transparent and give away their knowledge. Security's job needs to become much, much more of a mentor and a guider. If we want to make security and dev and the overall security area better, we need to promote this inclusion. Hi, I'm Guy Pojarni, CEO and co-founder of Sneak, and you're listening to The Secure Developer, a podcast about security for developers, covering security tools and practices you can and should adopt into your development workflow. The Secure Developer is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on this show, or if you would like to suggest a topic for us to discuss, find us on Twitter at The Secure Dev. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Secure Developer. Today we have with us uh, Francois Renaud. Welcome to the show, Francois. Thank you very much for having me. And before we deep dive, uh, can I ask you, Francois, just to explain a little bit about uh, what is it that you do in the world of security and how you get into it in the first place? Okay, so I started working in security 17 years ago, done all different kind of work. So started as a pen tester, incident response, a great emphasis on building security operating centers and consultancy. So I spent about, I don't know, eight years in Verizon, which was a really good company to learn from, learned a lot from a network security point of view, which led me to become a security architect, which I am now, dealing with a global online retailer, which comes with its own problem as well. Cool. And when you say you're a security architect, you consult companies in that space or you work with a specific one? Um, so I consult companies, so I've got different customers. All my consultancy is based on SAPSA. The idea behind SAPSA is using all the open source and the inclusion of uh, security within the business. There is nothing worse than having technical controls which are in place. We haven't got a direct lineage to your business requirements. And that's what we try to do as security architect is just like go back to basics and make sure companies are implementing the right controls without too much or too less as it is most of the time. Yeah, that makes sense. So basically you have to align the activity in the security space with sort of the needs of the business and how it operates, otherwise it'll never really catch or connect correctly. Yes, definitely. So it's it's always been the, the hardship of security people, which is like a show me what is the ARI on your security product. It's about, I can't tell you what's the ARI, but I can tell you what is going to happen if you don't actually implement those ones. A CFO is always going to ask you, like, give me a price, give me a value, can you cost me an incident? And it's just about every incident is impossible to actually cost. You've got some great mathematical formulas, you've got some white papers everywhere, but nobody ever been able to actually tell you from the start, I need to put that amount of incident response within a company to protect and to arrive to a certain ARI. That's that's the main issue we've got. Yeah, it's basically easy to make up a formula, but you know, between that and that formula being accurate, you know, <laughs> that's yes. a whole different story. Oh uh, yeah, basically it's like for your budget, just like get a realistic number and just add another zero to it. It's gonna be cut off at the end. So don't yeah, don't worry. Precisely. Cool. Okay. Well, so it sounds like you sort of jump around and work with a lot of these different companies to set up security architecture, consulting, and kind of working with them closely. And alongside that, the way you and I got to meet was as part of an event that you organized called DevSecCon. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, that's correct. So DevSecCon, which stands for Development Security Conference, the, the premise of DevSecCon was to promote inclusion 
Um, security from the beginning has been promoted exclusion, which has been need to know basis, your security clearance, don't talk to this person about it, don't tell them that, etc., etc. Don't tell them what the actual problem is. We're doing this investigation, that needs to be all hush hush. But at the same time, if you actually being inclusive to all the developers, to your business, you understand what does a business wants to do, what does the developer want to do, and how we can help them achieve this in a secure manner. So the aim of it was to demystify security and get everybody in a room, have a good time. So far that works, so that's the third edition what we're doing. DevSecCoin is basically myself and my wife. But luckily, my wife is a graphic designer, so she's doing all the design. Ah, that explains all, a lot of things. You know, yes. Just sort of That's why it looks so good. Correct. Yes. So I just do the content, I do all the, the promotion and all the business side of it. And that's, that's how we came to meet. And the aim was to bring people like you, which understand the problem and actually want to work with development teams. There's nothing more frustrating than security trying to fix a problem in isolation without understanding the tools which are being used by development, DevOps, and how they can benefit us. So if you take, for example, DevOps, all the agile methodology, all the iterative processing, extra, etc., this is really beneficial for security. Security used to be, well, if you go back to PCI DSS 1.0, which is you need to have a firewall somewhere. It didn't even tell you you need to have power through the firewall. The dev guys will have understood that. They will tell you, just, well, yeah, you've got your firewall on the side, you need to put some power in it. But from a security point of view, we've been really good. We just defended ourselves using compliancy and just said, oh, guys, you need to be compliant. You need to have all these things in place without understanding what does a business want to achieve? And that's one of the first questions I always ask, which is, what are you trying to achieve? The other way to look at it is, people will ask you, oh, that doesn't match my risk appetite. And it's like, okay, well, define your risk appetite. Do you want to lose one record, two records, ten records? Does it matter? Does your customer data matter at all? So that's what we've been trying to do is explain how security impacts the rest of the business, how many companies are just going completely under. If you look at Codespace, for example, which was a training company, all hosted on AWS, perfect. From a DevOps point of view, that was really clever. Unfortunately, they left all the encryption keys onto the public bucket of the S3. So somebody came in, they deleted everything, deleted the backups of the backups. The company went bust. So that's a perfect example of just how we need to work together. Security is not is not a black art, really. There's just a bunch of guys that just grow some beers, grow their hair long, mm-hmm. and actually trying to do something better. But it's time for us to come out of the dark rooms that we've been building around each other and explain what we're doing, explain how we find things, explain how security can benefit a company. Yeah, and I guess kind of learning the process. There's a lot in what you said that I'd love to unpack. I definitely relate, first of all, to the... Uh, cultural aspect of it. I worked in the field of security for about 13, 14 years and then I spent six years in the world of performance and the delta between just the attitude and embracing the community and working with others versus against others, uh, both the people that are a part of your community and the people that are around your community was night and day. And that was in actually one of the question marks I had in my mind when I was wondering whether I want to get back to security. And I feel like events like DevSecCon, which are still few and far between, and hopefully we'll have more and more of those, mm-hmm. help bring some of that more positive attitude, the one that is inclusive, that is both embraces the other entities for the purpose of teaching them, about making security everybody's job and everybody's responsibility, but also everybody's understanding. So you're not just following instructions, you understand and you know why it matters and how to do it. But also the other way around, I love some of those comments you made around learning from developers, 
there's a decent amount of ego uh, in the world of security. You know, there's not no shortage of ego in the world of DevOps and Dev, but I think those worlds tend to be much more open for criticism, for constructive criticism, than maybe some of the behaviors we see entrenched in the security space. So it'll be good to kind of put that off to the side and embrace some of the methodologies, both because it'll make security better, but also because there's really no other way, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only way to sort of keep security sustainable. It, definitely. So another part of the work that I do is um, advice on product for certain companies. I can't divulge them, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, the aim is just making them understand how they can build security in for the customers. So those companies are DevOps companies. I don't need to explain the name, but uh, they're sort of a deployment mechanism. And they've got the ability to actually capture all the data that from a security point of view is really beneficial and from a DevOps at the same time is really beneficial. So it's just making them work together. It's just opening the book and being more transparent. So security has been great as in we've had the security policy which is almost 500 pages document and everybody had it printed on the desk and the only reason we had it printed is just basically to bash people around the, around the head with it which is not really beneficial. It's just like... Let's build it together. Let's actually transform the security policy as code. There's just the developers will understand it. I don't need to hide anything which is in security policy. You need to bake it in your security product from the beginning. It's, right. If you want to fix a security problem or implement security later on, that's going to cost you a fortune. If you just build it part of your requirements, your job is done. Not completely. You need to make sure that it gets actually of implemented. Of course, but the cost is dramatically different. And I guess the other beauty of that statement is you could have swapped security for many other aspects of software quality mm-hmm. uh, and that statement would hold. So it's something that should be people should be able to relate to. Agreed. Totally yeah. agreed. So I was speaking to a security vendor the other day and they were just, oh, I've got this new technology that's the silver bullets. And it's just, like, no, it's not. How is it? How do you anticipate your customers' need? How do you know their financial data? How do you know the flows, the data flows, what regulation, etc., etc.? A tool is good, but it's just, method, a tool. it's just a tool. You can actually build tools. I, I can't build tools, so mm-hmm. that's why I rely on people like you to actually just make this conference great and make the security better. But it's just simple ideas, which is from an incident response point of view, I need data all the data, I need to know everything in order to be able to understand how did this incident, how did this attack actually occur, how can I prevent it? So if you look at incident response, everybody is talking about those five steps, you identify the, to the point you remediate, etc. But the six steps is really important, it's key, which is the lessons learned. Which is what did I learn and how can I ensure that it's not going to repeat itself? And don't just publicize for yourself as security. You just, oh, wow, I've just given a really good root cause analysis report to my CISO. It doesn't help him. The person that will benefit from it is going to be the developer, which is like change your application, change your processes, change your performance monitoring, change your monitoring to actually just get this feedback loop as quickly as possible. People are talking about the shortage of security people, but actually what is lacking is security people willing to be transparent and give away their knowledge. There is nothing special about security. It's just the only thing we've done is read a book, or mm-hmm. plenty of them. Some of us actually written some books, which is really good, which is a way to actually promote this inclusion where, as we were talking a bit earlier, which is security has always been about exclusion, which is the need to know, security clearance. But And now DevOps and development is more about the inclusion, which is how can we work together? How can I make you build a better secure product from the start? 
so in this event, like these all resonate with me very, very much. How do you look at the two different audiences? Right, you're talking about developer and security. You know, DevSecCon, and inevitably, you're probably pulling in some people from the security space that want to broaden their ability to reach out to and better understand and better interact with Dev. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe the given. That's probably the starting point here because security people really have no choice here. You know, <laughs> you live in this world. There are developers around you. They will. Create software in their new and modern ways, and you, you sort of need to accept that. How much did you see uh, sort of uptake from the dev side coming into DevSecCon? You know, how much does that play a role, and, and how do you see that progressing forward? So, the first DevSecCon I was working at the time was really good DevOps team into a gambling company, believe it or not, and I was really blessed by their ability to communicate identify a problem and the willingness to fix it as quickly as possible. Where security will put it on the backlog, will put it on risk register. It's in a risk register, it's fine. <laughs> Who's looking at the risk register? Nobody. Yeah, ever. Because <laughs> you haven't got a risk officer which is actually just driving this thing. So the first DevSecCon we had really a 50% DevOps, 50% security. But the common denominator was operations. What we realized is just we've done a show of hands and it was just like DevOps, half of it, security, half of it. Operations, all the hands were up. And that's the main problem we were trying to fix, which is from an operational point of view, how we can work together. So the point of security, or my point of security, is that from the inception in your pipeline to your delivery, it's not that it shouldn't be zero defect. Defects are going to be found. Security people have got enough time on their hand during the night to actually find some new vulnerabilities. What is important is the zero variation from your immutable object to your product. That's what we're looking for, which is like, how can I measure that I've got a consistent product without having adding new functionality part of it, where I shouldn't be looking for defects. Defects are going to be found somehow. So there's going to be people like you, me, which are going to be looking at, can I exploit this function? And that, that's the main issue. So I think DevOps is now embracing security. We've got to be thankful for Gene Kim to actually just like started this trend. But one of the things that I think was lacking in the last book was more emphasis on, now emphasis on security, which is how can we work together? It's not hard really. And especially a person like this, they used to be like one of the founders of Tripwire, totally understood from the beginning, which is security people need this data. And from the DevOps, I've got this data. So let's exchange this data. It's pure and simple. It's it's just about inclusion. Yeah, I definitely kind of like some of Jenny Kim's work. Uh, there's a quote from him or from Josh uh, Corman. I, I keep uh, mixing it up, talking about how to fix security, you have to leave security. There's a lot of ways to interpret that statement, but it includes expanding security outside of security, but it includes you as a security person leaving security for a moment, seeing some other things. Mm-hmm. I think I relate to it just having done that a little bit, having sort of spent these years in in the world of perf. And there's there's a lot to bring in. I'd like to maybe drill a little bit more. Like you mentioned a few things here. One is this notion of DevOps versus SecOps, uh, right? You mentioned SecOps for in your job description earlier on, and also now talking about how the audience is all operations mm-hmm. uh, and working together. And a little bit about the evolution of which path is the right one or how would you put the emphasis. Do you think the bulk of the work right now as an industry is around getting the DevOps teams, the dev, the ops teams to embrace some of these security responsibilities and do them? Or do you think the bigger opportunity is actually to get security to open up to do that type of sort of education and outreach 
and that the ground is already kind of ripe for absorbing that information, and it's more about you know getting it out there. It's funny. So I've got two different customers, which I've taken two completely different approaches on this. So one of them, they actually just disbanded the old security team, with the hope that DevOps will be able to learn security as written on the back of a fact packet. Good luck. That's <laughs> not really going to work. But like all the times, you just need to wait for an incident for things to get corrected. Yeah. One way to do it is actually, so DevOps is here to stay. Security was here to stay, but I think there is a way where we can change the attitude of security and go to a devolved model where we're embedding security part of every function. So as a security architect, I work mostly with all the enterprise architects, which are not security related, but it's about me inputting everything security related within the enterprise architecture to help the product, the company, develop and be secure. What security needs to change this is attitude. So security has been the echo chamber of security. We just love talking to each other and just say, hey, look at this new tool, I can break everything. It's like, can you fix it? Not really, but that's not the problem. Then you end up into your responsible disclosure, etc., etc., which, in my opinion, is really important. You need to disclose responsibly every security issue that you found. And even more, you need to work with all your DevOps and all your developers to actually fix it from the start. It's not hard to actually talk with people. It's not hard to actually just identify what is this security debt that you're carrying all the time. So the pen testers, typical pen testers, will arrive, identify a bunch of vulnerabilities, then go back home. Been there, done that, and, it, and it's fantastic. You haven't got to fix it. And then slowly, slowly, they ask you, but what is the fix? What is the remediation? And we point them out to an RFC, like totally like obscure number. And say, Read this RFC, it's all, it's all written and explained in there. That doesn't work. So it's all about translating those security problems into the world of DevOps, the world of developers, which is, I need to learn every day about developers. I need to learn there are new technologies during your talk at DevSecCon. I actually had to Google quite a few of the words because I was just like, wow, I didn't know. I just like, I stopped at C++. <laughs> and that's thing, security has been used by the rest of the business as the people monitoring for things that can't be fixed or that people don't want to be fixed. We're going to call that the security debt. So coming from a SecOps, which is security operations, we were used to create intrusion detection rules to actually monitor for those vulnerabilities that nobody wanted to fix. You've got to deal with the security debt because, yes, you're going to write it on your risk register, you're going to encrypt your risk register, and suddenly this employee, they actually left. And maybe you were not really nice when you gave him the last check and the redundancy was not enough. He's going to come back and he's got this data and he knows that two years, three years down the line, you still haven't fixed these vulnerabilities. It's not going to take a lot for this person to actually go and publicize it. So treat them well, make them work together. So from a security point of view, you've got to use all the tools that developers are using. You've got to use the backlog ability. So now when I identify vulnerabilities, I actually directly input them into their their backlog, so that could be rally, and that could be uh, any type of bug track that you're using. So you're actually using the tool, and you can actually predict your security posture of how it's going to be in three, four, five weeks. Well, of course, if everybody is respecting the process, but that, that's all down to that. So it's just, security is not hard. It's about understanding your processes, understanding your requirements, and implementing them securely. And as a part of the existing processes, yeah, I think I agree. I do feel like, in my mind, there is a little bit of a of a bias around 
maybe where the biggest gap is, but you need the two to play together. So security, and I think this is also what you're saying, is like security's job needs to become much, much more of a mentor and a guider. Uh, you need to be doing things, but you almost shouldn't have dedicated security-related tools in the company. You almost want all of those tools to be now a part of the existing stack. If uh, They could be serving a security purpose that, that you should have. But they shouldn't be exclusively used by the security team for the majority of the cases because you actually want them embraced and used by the, the rest of the team. And then you want security to be sharing and exposing the work that is done uh, yeah. with, with the rest of the organization. Definitely. So one of the best achievements was actually just to relinquish ownership of security tooling within the security team and actually give it to all the DevOps, which is, yes, you can run all my vulnerability management scanners, you can run all this because you're the one that actually, actually yeah. looking for the feedback of those. I'm not, yes, I'm going to be able to tell you that's bad, that's, that's actually really bad, but you're the one who's going to fix it. So my role as security professional is to teach you how to decipher Precisely. The those yeah. security coding words that we've put in place. I had to do the same when well, being French, I had to learn English. And just, <laughs> but now I wouldn't be able to give you a technical conversation in French. And security people ended up into this inability to explain what they're doing by creating those buzzwords. And people don't understand it. So you arrive with just, now we're trying to make it sexy, we do poodle, extra, <laughs> extra. But if you actually analyze what it means, nobody understands it at yeah. all. So I think all of this conversation kind of goes back and explains what the role of you know the security professional or the dev or DevOps person uh, needs to be in this space. Maybe let's sort of backtrack and talk specifically around the activities in the community and sort of back to DevSecCon and just some of the work that you're doing with OWASP. You know, if I'm in one of those spaces, right, I'm a security person that wants to sort of get more engaged with Dev or the other way around. What's coming up from a DevSecCon from OWASP that I can uh, get involved with? So it's quite funny. So DevSecCon is the only conference which is actually looking at this inclusion of security in DevOps. So if you want to to be part of the change, that's the place to be. Mm -hmm. uh, you've done it last year as a presenter, and that, that's really good, which is just really just giving away your knowledge. So what we're doing is we've been able to keep the prices really low to make it affordable to everybody to come. The aim is not a money-making machine. The aim is providing as much education as what we can. So we started in London, uh, personal reason, now moving to Singapore, and what we're doing, we're actually creating DevSecCon Asia. So I've got two partners over, the, over there which are working on this. So at the moment, we're going to be looking at two events a year, one in London, one in Singapore, working with different colleagues on DevSecOps community to actually bring up another event in California. You might say that what I'm trying to do here is to do an endless summer, and you're going to be perfectly right. <laughs> uh, so that's the it's aim. not a bad goal. No, no, no it, it, well, spent 15 years in the UK and uh, looking for a bit of sun mm -hmm. now. It's just completely white, uh, starting to be transparent. But we're doing those events, so it's going to be three, four year and try to make it as local as possible so everybody can access. The other work that we're doing, so I'm really lucky to be working with OWASP, which are really good. And what we're trying to do, what we brought up is what is called the OWASP Summit. So the OWASP Summit occurred in 2008, 2011. And this is five days of interactive work. So it's not a conference by itself. It's basically we're spending five days in a villa, but there will be plenty of villa because there will be about 150 of us. This year we're doing it in Centre Park, actually, just outside of London. That's from the 12th to the 16th of June. And it's five days of just 
inclusive working on workshops. So we've got about 10, 12 different kind of topics and you coming here to actually give your knowledge away. So type of things we're going to be looking at is going to be responsible disclosure, threat modeling, but also Lambda security, redoing all the OWASP cheat sheets, doing a bit of cleanup on the type of project that OWASP has been doing. OWASP is a really great community and without them, I don't think security would be where we are at the moment. What we need to do now is instead of this like one person talking to everybody and everybody listening like we've all done at school is just let's all talk together so we're bringing all the best people from all around the world and we're all putting them in a room there's going to be some food there's going to be some drinks there's going to be little sleep but there's going to be lots of really good information lots of resources which we're going to make available to everybody for free that sounds great, yeah. And I think the, to an extent, that's also, again, a page out of the, the DevOps uh, world. Because DevOps is also like, you know, a few too many men versus women uh, that sort of let their beards grow uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, sort of saw how that evolves. But I think a lot of good practices came out of that and this type of anywhere from sort of summits to unconference to sort of collaborative work and output is definitely a key there yeah. and, and a good evolution for OWASP. Definitely. So if you look at Amazon reInvent, so it started, it was really good. <laughs> but if you go to it now, basically, it's, it's, Amazon, yeah, it's Amazon inviting some people to talk about Amazon. So it's you couldn't be more narcissistic, non-realistic, <laughs> as you will say in French. It's just like, it's really this person looking at themselves. And that's what security used to be. So Defcon, Black Hat, we've all done it. And it's just been fantastic. It's just like five days of lots of fun, especially in Vegas. But did we teach anything to anybody? Not really. The only thing we told them is just like, be careful because your car is going to get hacked. It's just like, oh, brilliant. What is the solution? Well, we haven't got one. We didn't think about that. That's that's not what we're getting yeah. paid for. And the DevOps guys are doing things differently. So uh, I'm trying not to mention new companies here, but some of them, uh, which are part of this continuous delivery, they are providing more open source connectors than any other companies are doing. Sometimes you're actually wondering, where do you make your money? How, how does it work? <laughs> um, but they're giving to the community. So one of good person I'm working with is Gareth Rushgrove. He's been coming to talk at DevSecCon and he's been really explaining just, look guys, security, you've got to be transparent. He made it really clear as in like, security, please come and talk to me. I can build the tools for you because security is not necessarily there to build the tool to make things better. We're just here to break things, which mm -hmm. that's got to change. We've got to really look at the problem in a different manner because if we didn't have compliance and all those different regulations I don't think the security industry will still be here today yeah we kind of failed and the premise of DevSecCon was to completely change this was to give the information to people so they can work together ideally I will make myself redundant because <laughs> I've taught so much to DevOps and that happened in a different company yeah, where and I think we we also know that sort of in this world that's never entirely going to happen, but what might happen is instead of trying to address this ridiculous talent shortage we have right now in security, which is a shortage because we assume a certain sort of distribution of work, which should be different. I'm not saying, you know, redistribute wealth here, but I am saying redistribute work and ensure that just more and more of the security knowledge and the security activity gets disseminated to, to be a part of sort of built-in application. The remaining still very large 
amount of security guidance, security analysis, security understanding is probably still going to remain in the hands of experts. But definitely the ops part of it, for DevOps, the SecOps needs to be a part of the regular ongoing and the consideration of it needs to be sort of embedded in every action. Yeah, so from a SecOps point of view, as you were touching on it, is the only thing you're doing is like DevOps, you're responding to an incident. The incident might be a server that came down, but in that case, that's an attack. Okay, so the first analysis can be done by DevOps. How you gather this data, what data you're looking for, you just need to tell your DevOps what they need to capture. Then, okay, maybe you've got a forensic investigator. That's a speciality. But is it really security related? Not really, because it's... Uh, it's analysis. It, exactly, it's analysis. And anybody can do it. I've done it, uh, so it's, I'm sure everybody <laughs> can do it. Cool. Well, I think this was a really interesting conversation. We talked about you know the role of uh, security operations versus ops as a whole, or sort of DevOps, and how those are in many ways sort of two sides of the same coin. Uh, we talked about DevSecCon and the upcoming OWASP events and all of these great spaces that hopefully will help uh, all of the people listening to this participate and kind of play a role here and help contribute some of their security knowledge or development knowledge to be a part of this ecosystem. And I think also some interesting observations around the role of the security person as a, a mentor versus an operator, if you will, or as a how does that work as a food for thought? I guess before we part, can I just sort of ask you a question that I ask uh, every guest on this show is if you're talking to a dev team that is looking to sort of uh, up-level in terms of their security posture, what's your sort of current uh, pet peeve? What's the sort of the one practice you recommend they look into to get better at the space? Sit down together with security. And that's the same thing. Security needs to sit down with DevOps. We both got to learn something from each other. So that's one of the first thing I do is I bring those two teams together. I make them sit together, go and have a drink, go outside, party, just go and have some dinners together, understand what the other side wants and understand what you can bring to them. And I think it works both ways. So if we want to make security and dev and the overall uh, security area better, we need to promote this inclusion. Yeah, I think that's really good advice and, and again, kind of has demonstrated work in the DevOps world. So, uh, you know, break down the barrier. Fundamentally, it starts with people. So Exactly. Know them. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Francois, for coming on the show. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope you enjoy the show and tune in for the next one. That's all we have time for today. If you'd like to come on as a guest on this show or want us to cover a specific topic, find us on Twitter at The Secure Dev. To learn more about Heavybeat, browse to heavybeat.com. You can find this podcast and many other great ones, as well as over 100 videos about building developer tooling companies, given by top experts in the field. 